0: Welcome back to Secure Payments, PCI PAL's podcast channel dedicated to payments, compliance, and CX. We can all agree managing contact centers is a tough part of doing business, with one of the greatest challenges being the continued maintenance of data security and regulatory compliance. Even more intricate are payments within the contact center. For those handling customer payments, it's so important to have a fail-safe approach to manage both the security and the compliance. Beyond possible financial penalties from non-compliance, there's a huge necessity to protect your organization's reputation and your customer's trust. Unfortunately, though, we're still seeing too many businesses using outdated compensating controls, specifically pause and resume call rec- and screen recording methods, in an attempt to tick that compliance box on their checklists. Pause and Resume has the potential to expose contact centers to a slew of unnecessary risks and threats. And with more organizations operating remote or even hybrid workforces, Pause and Resume just doesn't descope agents or their desktops, even with a clean room environment trying to be enforced. We've seen the struggle for remote agent compliance in contact centers and recognize that it's very difficult to administer or control remotely. It means sensitive payment data could be captured or stored illegally if the agent neglects to pause or that that data could be misused by employees or other threats. A quick stat to show some numbers behind the risks. As of 2022, the global average data breach costs approximately 3.6 million pounds or over 4 million US dollars. Add to that the possible damage to reputation and consumer trust should sensitive data be compromised, could any business really afford to take that risk? On that note, I'm excited to be joined today by PCI PAL CISO, Jeff Forsyth, to have a conversation around the threats posed by outdated technology, including said pause and resume recording. My hope is that this conversation will help you and your organization find an easier path to compliance with data security regulations. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jeff.
1: Hi, Nikki. It's uh, it's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Excellent. I recognize the complexity of this topic we're chatting about today and think that the best place to begin might actually be establishing a firm understanding of what the current call recording guidelines are and how they might vary globally.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, each country around the world has different rules on uh, call recording. So let's just talk through them uh, from a US perspective perspective, uh, the laws surrounding telephone call recording, which govern telephone communication privacy, uh, varies between the federal government and the states. It is, however, generally considered good practice to obtain formal consent or consider implementing a policy that always asks for consent to avoid any issues. Typically, individual states approach call recording law in two distinct ways. Uh, Firstly, there's one-party consent uh, in some states. This is where you must notify and obtain consent from at least one of the people involved in the call prior to proceeding. Or we have two-party consent or all-party states, which forbid telephone call recording without the consent of of everyone who's uh, involved in the communication prior to commencement of recording any conversation. If a party does not wish to be recorded, having been notified of the intention, it's up to that person to leave the call. In the majority of US states, one-party consent is more typical. However, around 13 states have chosen to require all parties to consent in order to record or transcribe calls. Of course, for those organizations operating in highly regulated industries, such as insurance, healthcare, or finance, They use call recording as proof uh, in the event of a HIPAA legal, financial or taxation concern led by the regulatory agencies. Uh, Canada has established a single set of rules for call recording built into its electronic privacy law, PIPEDA. It has adopted an all parties consent approach. To record calls, you must obtain informed consent by notifying others on the call that you intend to record the conversation any purpose the recording will be used for, and that the call may only be recorded with each person's consent. For organizations operating internationally, it is also important to be aware of local call recording regulation or compliance rules. For example, in the UK, there are at least five forms of legislation that protect callers' information, which have to be taken quite seriously. There's regulation of Investigatory Powers Act 2000, known as RIPA. There's the Telecommunications Lawful Business Practice Interception of Communications Regulations of 2000. There's the Data Protection Act of 2018. There's the Telecommunications Data Protection and Privacy Regulations from back from 1999. And then there's the Human Rights Act of 1998. In terms of data protection rules in the US, in addition to specific core recording rules, there is continued movement across the country in the introduction of federal and state data protection legislation uh, currently five states have enacted data privacy laws in iowa both chambers of the legislature have passed the bill and it now awaits the governor to sign the bill into law while the further three states have introduced a bill which is currently moving through various committees prior to being issued while the content of each law may vary by state the general aim is to ensure Uh, there is greater transparency and control on how organizations collect, retain, share, and store personal data. For any firm operating a contact center operation, it's therefore vital to understand how the rules apply to you. When calls are being recorded or sensitive customer information, such as payment information is being shared. So why do businesses implement call recording? Well, in the UK, One party doesn't have to notify the other before recording a call. As long as the call is for private use and won't be distributed to a third party, either party can record the call to a phone or email. Businesses are permitted to record calls without notifying employees in the following circumstances. To prevent or detect crime, so if a customer commits acts such as fraud, stored recordings would increase your chance of getting some justice. To document business transactions, if an unhappy customer airs a complaint, call recordings offer the opportunity to review all communication and help your case as part of the dispute resolution process. To ensure compliance, if regulatory bodies need proof of your compliance, recordings will prove your business has followed the law and treated customers fairly. To maintain quality control, the best way to improve customer service is through real life experience. As a supplement to conducting role-playing exercises, agents can train by using customer recordings, offering real-life examples. It's an effective way to prepare for real-life situations. Also, to prevent unauthorised access, malicious parties could intercept your telecommunications system and cause serious damage to your business reputation. Recordings would help to investigate where the breach is so your security team can secure the system. And finally, to protect national security. If there are serious security risks countrywide, your recordings have the potential to help prevent national attacks. In this instance, federal or government bodies would have access to the data.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. That's really helpful insight for our discussion today. So a two-part follow-up question for you here. First, what defines pause and resume recording? And second, as you mentioned earlier, given the risk associated with this method, why has pause and resume call recording been so widely used?
1: Good questions. Okay. Uh, So when customers call your business, an agent answers. The agent and caller may then reach a point where the caller is required to make a payment. To adhere to laws and regulations I mentioned just now, the agent pauses the call recording, so the caller's sensitive financial data isn't stored in the system. Once payment has cleared, the agent then resumes the call recording, so the remaining conversation is documented for legal training and monitoring purposes. The reason it has been so widely used, well, in 2006, the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council, that's the PCI SSC, They were formed by the biggest payment card providers, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discovery. The PCI SSC outlines how to keep payment card data secure, e.g. encrypting of stored data. The key stipulation relevant to call recording was to never store sensitive cardholder data post payment authentication. Pause and resume call recording became popular because of the wrongful belief that it complied with the PCI SSC's advice. Businesses were instructed not to record sensitive data. By pausing call recordings when necessary, organizations believed that they were fulfilling this security requirement. Never recording calls isn't a realistic option, as it may be a legal requirement to record data. Pause and resume call recording became popular because it was deemed a suitable compromise. Sensitive data wasn't recorded and useful data was still available when needed.
0: And could you further explain for us why that isn't compliant?
1: Um, Sure. That's because whilst you can operate in a compliant way when using pause and resume, um, for example, employing clean room contact center environments, it isn't fail proof. In fact, it has the potential to open your organization up to significant threats and instances of non-compliance. Manual pause and resume call recording is manageable in calm quiet working environments as we know unfortunately most call recording doesn't take place in those circumstances and during busy periods it's easy for an agent to forget to pause the call at the vital moment this means they record sensitive information which may then be stored illegally busy agents could also forget to resume recording because impatient customers might pressure them into rushing through the call agents would miss recording important information that could be useful should a complaint be raised or details missed off a client's order, which is required according to the regulator's rules. Automated call recording also has the potential to miss important information, which would be unacceptable if there was an investigation by regulatory bodies. Both automatic and manual call recording carry a potential vulnerability. They can't stop disgruntled employees from sabotaging your business. Businesses go to great lengths to protect themselves from outside parties, hackers, but they overlook the chance of an inside job. With the pandemic resulting in more contact center staff either working from home or in a hybrid capacity, this heightens the potential exposure to this type of risk. Remote working has created a whole new level. PCI compliance proves to be a threat in a remote working situation because compliance is difficult to achieve when the remote employee is in a variable environment, for instance, when working from home, a contact center manager cannot ensure that a clean room environment exists where the employee is conducting business and taking payments. There's nothing in place to prevent the agent from writing down credit card numbers, typing into a blank spreadsheet or repeating the numbers allowed back to the customer. This opens up the business to fraud and employee malpractice. There is no assurance that the pausing and resuming of a call recording is taking place for each transaction. Therefore, this technique does not de-scope the agent nor the agent's desktop.
0: Um, I have some data here from Verizon's 2022 data breach investigations report, which highlighted that while 18% of security breaches are caused by insiders, the impact is more than 10 times greater. Why do you think this is?
1: Um, Okay. Yep. So, that's based on the number uh, of the median number of records compromised. So, uh, 350,000 by insiders um, in 2022, according to Verizon, versus uh, 30,000 by external parties. Continuing to ask customers to read out their credit card number and security codes creates an opportunity for agents to fraudulently capture this sensitive information. For example, an agent could simply write down the information by asking the caller to repeat the financial data to confirm it's been entered correctly. And now with many more agents working from home or remotely as a result of the pandemic, monitoring how client information is collected and handled has become a much more difficult task. For example, with manual recording, an agent could stop your business's recording and start their own unmonitored. Once recordings are paused, your organization has no record of criminal behavior and can't help the authorities. Failing to assist in the justice process could anger customers whose details were exploited. We all know that organized, organized crime groups continue to evolve and we must be alert to risks posed by external threats. For example, there has been reports of scammers deliberately recruiting criminals into call centers so that they can steal customers' data and carry out fraud and money laundering. In addition, there has also been examples of employees who have been approached and coerced, whether physically, violently, or by being encouraged to make some extra money. Implementing a system that removes the need for customers to read out payment card data helps protect agents by closing this vulnerable gap and it alleviates the responsibility from the agents.
0: And, Jeff, we know that non compliance isn't the only way that pause and resume can cause customer dissatisfaction what other impacts are there on customer experience?
1: Yeah, yeah. so so when businesses struggle uh, to make polls and resume more compliant, they try changing their systems. For example, transferring calls to a separate payment provider. Transferring calls usually results in, in a higher percentage of dropped calls. Customers aren't guaranteed to call back when disconnected. Transfer also means customers must wait for another agent to become available. And if they're left waiting for long periods, you could create a frustrating experience and lose valuable custom. In a recent survey uh, carried out by PCI Pal, 35% of US customers we talked to said they would opt to speak to a customer service representative over the phone, showing that telephone support remains the preferred option over online self-service routes, 25% or live chat, 17%.
0: And we know that many businesses learn the hard way that noncompliance leads to massive fines that could put them out of business altogether, or just or do long-term damage. But these fines mean different things to different businesses. Could you walk us through what a security breach could potentially cost to an organization?
1: Yeah, it's always been difficult to put a precise figure on those things. Um, IBM did a cost of data breach study in 2022, and they revealed that. of organizations that they studied have had more than one data breach, with the average total cost of a data breach reaching $4.35 million. So this is an increase of just over 12% in costs compared to their 2020 report. Uh, The study found that the use of stolen or compromised credentials remains the most common cause of a data breach, uh, cited at 19% of breaches in their study. Interestingly, the findings show that remote workers were considerably uh, affecting the cost of a breach when remote work was a factor in causing the breach. For example, if a remote working employee has had credentials stolen, costs were an average of nearly $1 million greater than in breaches where remote working wasn't a factor. When considering the countries and regions experiencing the highest average cost of a data breach, um, it was found that the United States was top at at million. 0.44 million dollars a breach. This was followed by the Middle East at 7.4 million, Canada at 5.6 million, and the United Kingdom came in at just over five million dollars, with Germany at 4.8 million. Uh, the country with the fastest growth rate was Brazil, where a 27.8% increase from 1.08 million to 1.38 million was found. And then there's consumer behaviour in the wake of a data breach. Personal information security is the most important factor when choosing a payment method according to 90% of US customers and 89% of UK customers. A third of UK customers will avoid a business for several years if personal data has been compromised due to poor data security practices. And a third of that 30% have said they'd never return. 62% of US customers will stop spending for several months following a security breach. This represents a significant potential risk to any organisation, showing that consumers will take their spend elsewhere. Their personal data is compromised and the need to close any gaps or vulnerabilities must be addressed with urgency.
0: And even despite these risks, Jeff, we still see many organisations using pause and resume technology. Why is this?
1: Uh, yeah, Nikki, the, uh, the three most common regions are firstly, um, they believe uh, they save time and money. So some businesses believe that updating call recording technology isn't the best way to spend time and money, or that they're, they are saving money by not investing in alternative methods. However, not being compliant means that they're more vulnerable to security breaches, which inevitably leads to fines, loss of business, and reputational damage, creating an almost immeasurable loss of revenue. An expensive breach greatly exceeds the short term cost of upgrading to payment card industry data security standard compliant technology. A Second reason is they believe that a self, an SAQ, a self-assessment questionnaire is sufficient. Uh, some organizations assume they are compliant because they've passed a self-assessment questionnaire. SAQs involve meeting certain PCI DSS requirements. If the assessment is passed, an attestation of compliance certification is issued the major problem with the self-assessment questionnaire is outlined in the PCI DSS self-assessment questionnaire instructions and guidelines. It says being compliant and secure are different because being compliant with PCI DSS at one point in time does not prevent things from changing in your environment, which, if the proper control is not implemented, could impact your security. And the third reason is company, some companies do believe that they're already compliant. You know Those businesses are taking security seriously but their data protection methods are still not quite PCI DSS compliant because it is a tough standard to meet. A popular but non-compliant way of protecting data is through encryption, for instance. So the PCI SSC outlines acceptable encryption and access protection, but how many businesses confirm their encryption is compliant? Instead, they trust their security provider, not realizing they aren't compliant until it's potentially too late. Encryption also misleads businesses by encouraging them to store this encrypted data. Compliance means certain data is not permitted to be stored under any circumstances, even when it's encrypted. So the PCI-SSC allows the following data to be stored if it's encrypted and protected. So that's the primary account number, that's the 16 digits on the front of a credit card, the card holder's name, the expiry date. Um, the problem is the storing of sensitive data such as the CVV2, that's the three-digit security code normally on the back of the card, four digits on the front with Amex. The pci SSC states that this sensitive authentication data must not be stored after authorization, even if it's encrypted. This applies even for environments where there is no credit card primary account number present. Using pause and resume without 100% accuracy means that businesses record and store this sensitive information by accident. Storing sensitive data means hackers can use data to steal money and people's identities. Compliance has also evolved. In November 2018, the PCI-SSC published an information supplement called Protecting Telephone-Based Payment Card Data, which provides supplementary guidance to the PCI-DSS for those handling payment card transactions. It contains important clarification on pause and resume and the reliance placed on contact center agents. It states, pause and resume technologies may be manual or automated, and whilst a properly implemented pause and resume solution could reduce the applicability of PCI DSS by taking the call recording and storage system out of scope, the technology does not reduce PCI DSS applicability to the agent. The agent desktop environment and any other systems in the telephone environment. So ultimately, manual pause and resume relies completely on agents pausing and restarting the call recording at exactly the right time. We know that the agents can forget to do this, resulting in inadvertently capturing sensitive authentication data, which would then require support from additional staff in searching for and removing this piece of audio from recordings. On the other side of the coin, Agents can also forget to restart recordings once the payment is complete. This results in breaching regional, local, legal, or industry requirements, and in the loss of other data that may be valuable to the organization. Manual pause and resume implementations require constant monitoring and verification that the manual processes are being followed by the agents for every transaction, requiring additional time and input from supervisors. Automated pause and resume systems rely on agents following a set of workflow processes in order for the pause and resume to be initiated. If the agent is able to bypass integrated processes, it could result in the technology becoming ineffective.
0: Great, and Jeff, you've mentioned PCI DSS, which actually leads me to my next question. Back in March of 2022, the details of PCI DSS version 4.0 were announced. Have these changes to the standard had any impact on the validity of pause and resume call recording?
1: Yeah, um, PCI version 4 is a big change. Um, Section 3.3 of PCI DSS version 4 focuses on the sensitive authentication data, which they call SAD, Um, and that's used by the uh, issuers of credit cards to authorize transactions. the SAD includes security related information such as card validation codes, e.g. that's you know, the three digit value printed on the back of the card. Um, the full magnetic stripe data, which isn't applicable when making transactions over the telephone, of course, uh, and, or, and pin information for the card. It states that SAD is very valuable to malicious individuals as it allows them to generate counterfeit payment cards and create fraudulent transactions. Therefore, the storage of SAD upon completion of the authentication process is prohibited. For those continuing to use pause and resume, the potential for storing sensitive information is far greater than if the data is provided in an anonymous way, such as using dual tone multi frequency technologies, DTMF. In fact, here's a fun fact telephone environments transmitting spoken account data are now in interpreted by the PCI-SSC to be in scope of the DSS. Accepting spoken account data over the telephone puts personnel, the technology used, and the infrastructure to which the technology is connected into scope for PCI DSS, which means telephone environments and service providers supporting telephone environments. Those continuing to receive spoken account data must be aware of the associated risks, the telephone environment, whether large or small, provide significant opportunities for payment card data to be compromised from outside the organisation by criminals gaining access to systems and software. Compromises can also originate inside the organisation from personnel who handle the calls or have access to systems and processes that support telephone-based payments. Entities taking telephone-based payments should take active measures to reduce exposure to sensitive card payment information.
0: You mentioned um, dual tone, multi-frequency or DTMF masking. How is this a suitable and compliant alternative to pause and resume?
1: PCI compliance uh, is is crucial to show customers and the courts that businesses have taken the steps to protect their customers' data. Compliance also shows customers that your business takes security seriously so they're less likely to blame you if there's a breach that's why dual tone multi-frequency dtmf technology plays an important role in pci dss compliance when payment is required the customers use the phone's keypad or speech to enter their private financial information the information is hidden on screen so the agents can't see it audio plays so they can't hear the, the keypad's tone. Whether, whenever the customer speaks, their voice is, however, audible, so the agent can provide assistance. When the customer is finished, the agent submits the anonymized information to the paint provider. It is, it is processed by the provider, not the agent's business, and is not stored in the business's IT environment. So how does DTMF meet the requirements of PCI? Well, firstly, there's no manual intervention. PCI compliance means that there should be no manual intervention. DTMF technology is compliant because agents don't stop and start call recordings. All the data customers enter is hidden so recordings are continuous. This means disgruntled employees can't record and sell financial information illegally. There's no missing audio so businesses may be required to provide full recordings. Because DTMF technology removes the need for manual intervention, employees can't mistakenly stop recordings. If the authorities need proof for an investigation, complete DTMF recordings without interruptions would be compliant, unlike incomplete pause and resume recordings. As DTMF removes manual intervention, there is is no non-compliant recording of payment card information, such as SAD Customers submit their details without revealing uh, this data openly, so it can't be stored. By sending the transaction to the payment provider, the burden of legal data storage is transferred to them. Additionally, DTMF call recording has additional benefits quicker calls, privacy, they are able to share details over their keypads as opposed to reading private information aloud and enhanced, an enhanced experience agents remain in verbal contact with the caller throughout the payment process. There's no need to interrupt the call or divert the customer onto another line.
0: Um, as we wrap up our time today, Jeff, are there any final thoughts you wanna share with listeners?
1: Sure, I mean, we've got a lot of information in the, in the last 20 minutes or so. So uh, perhaps time for a quick summary. So organizations, um, Continuing to use manual or automated pause and resume systems urgently need to consider replacement in order to remove the associated risks that we've talked about. Employing this approach greatly increases the potential uh, for data breaches and loss of data that could lead to significant fines, non-compliance with PCI, lost customers, reputational damage, and the breakdown of business connections. The overall cost to your organization could ultimately be far greater than just the financial penalties alone. Businesses who replace legacy pause and resume systems with modern DTMF technology enjoy many benefits. DTMF users cut the risk of legal action, having full year round PCI DSS compliance, reduce the chance of security breach and can make use of a paper use option. It also removes the onus from contact centre agents in managing this sensitive process streamlines the transaction process and enhances the overall customer experience.
0: Jeff, thank you so much for your time and insight into this topic. Uh,
1: Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. It's been good.
0: Absolutely. And a big thank you to our listeners for joining our discussion on this episode. For more information on payment security and CX, or to explore the benefits of upgrading your payment security and compliance technology with PCI-PAL solutions, you can head on over to PCI-PAL.com and connect with our team today. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Secure Payments Podcast channel for updates on new episodes.